welcome everybody to the next round innovation group podcast what has everyone been up to this week painting stripping wallpaper and working and worrying about the state of the rail industry (laughs) is it really bad (laughs) well announcements some good announcements that bridge to ireland is getting studied yes that's true hs2 western has been another consultation Yes, that's true. Kinsmore Station open this week. There has been some good, yeah, Midlands. I've been reading all about Midlands Connect's new um, consultation on their new ticketing, which is very interesting as we, and a great segue to our project. But, um, so there's lots. I'd I'd miss that and have to look that up. Oh, I will send you the link. It's, um, it's quite, um, it's quite interesting. Well, it's just it's just good that actually there is some serious thought being given to this, that all of those issues that, let's face it, if nothing else, this year has given them the opportunity to relook at those kind of things. So, yes, I went to a real life conference on a Tuesday, real life in person conference with pastries and lunch. Oh, wow. Amazing. Probably won't might, be, might, might be the last one for a while. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly make the most of it hold that one in your head Liam because you won't be going to another one for a while because <laughs> I didn't I I think when we met after your conference on Tuesday I didn't um I didn't think it was going when I said tongue-in-cheek this might be the last time I'm coming to London for a while I didn't actually think it would be <laughs> <laughs> yes hey it's just a short interlude yes could you use the train so, I did right. use the train and it was empty so Deb, we won't have you for our main the main bit of our podcast with our guests today, but I'm looking forward to meeting with Infinitive Group, who are one of our founding members. So, Deb, what would you like us to ask them on your behalf? Um, I would like to ask them what, well, I would like you to ask them on my behalf, what um what have they what have they felt as a business has been their biggest challenges over the last few months? What and are they worried about? pipeline of work and retention of staff going forward see now that's quite interesting because there was um the rail industry association had um some survey didn't they about um smes and startups being worried about pipeline of work so i think that's quite an interesting issue to to explore because i think most people were okay with where they were in the next three to six months but is it going to dry up with you know just we just touched on you know sort of like you know the crisis in the rail industry how long can we continue along a pipeline of work particularly at at sme level well we shall find out yes uh thanks for joining us briefly and enjoy your painting deb thanks well i'm not i've got lots of calls before that but thank you i'll send you some pictures in very oh so very important calls vital (laughs) in fact you could call them vital i think vital calls (laughs) Thank you and have a have a lovely podcast and I will speak to you soon. Cool. Bye. 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 Now, Johanna, we have our guest with us who is Ben Craze from Infinitive Group. Um, I know I should probably ask Ben to invite introduce himself, but I'm just going to start with Ben. I met years ago at uh, we met at Innertrans in 2016. Uh, yeah, we did. Yeah, I think we met one time before that, but yeah, it was it, it, the main introduction was Innertrans. I just can't believe you met all that time ago because it's it's funny because I was just thinking recently about Inner Trans and how 
where the, this, the yeah. lovely the lovely inner trans that there was in 2018 what a lovely week that was how lovely the weather was and how we didn't go this year <laughs> <laughs> well it's supposed to be rescheduled to april so hopefully hopefully fingers crossed we're yeah. meant to be exhibiting well you can tell us about that in, in <laughs> but first of all uh, would you like to introduce yourself fully Hi, I'm Ben Craigs, uh, Chief Executive of Infinitive Group, who's uh, an SME within the engineering and technology segment of the railway um, and widening our, uh, our reach, um, which we've recently looked to uh, diversify with the current market space um, and the uncertainty that comes with, with emergency measures and uh, transport being generally impacted through COVID. So we're, uh, we're looking at our uh, diversification, but uh, we originated and we started out as a startup in, in, the rail start, in the rail sector. I've been working within the railway for around 16 years now, started from the shop floor, uh, working as a technician all the way up to, uh, up to board level um, and spun out into Infinitive Group back in 2014. Um, and ever since then, we've had a, a wild ride and um, huge growth and, and we're now uh, transitioning into into a, a, a fully fledged uh, small medium enterprise which has been a which has been a fantastic journey um so yeah, yeah that's, that's kind of an introduction to myself <laughs> so so has it been has it been a challenging journey i would because i i guess you say you're growing from yeah a startup to a fully fledged sme and well, obviously, we'll explore sort of like what you're up to and you're pivoting and that. But how, I mean, like not just within the context of this year, you know, how how is business, you know, and how how challenging has it been to sort of like start, you know, going from the corporate world in, into your own business and founding that? Yeah, it has been it has been quite challenging. I think the the railway specifically is quite um, a close knit um, industry. It's been very difficult to break. Um, we, we overcome that. It, it, there was a lot of um, hard graph working through contacts, industry contact, contacts that we that I have personally to break and penetrate into, into the market space, which we were really fortunate that through all the years in which I had been working within the industry, we, we were able to break into that. Um, but even even still, it's been it's been difficult um, getting credibility, getting um, people believing in uh, challenging the status quo of what we're kind of really um, came about from was, I was frustrated with the way that the industry um, appears to reward failure and appears to kind of award contracts to, to, to big corporates that just do the same old and expect something different on the output, whereas we're, we're kind of challenging it. So trying to get that message. So whilst we're a, we're a startup moving into the SME world, having a, a grand vision of challenging uh, an institution such as the railway has been an even bigger challenge for us because it's a change of, of mindset, it's a change of culture. Um, and there's a fear of, of you know, change generally with, with the manner of change, but equally within the industry that has a, a wide history of, of um, they've always done it one way and that's the way that they need to do it. And so changing that mindset has been an added challenge to just being a, a startup moving into the 
I get what you're saying, both the business and the, the industry you're in. Timely to have this conversation because you're talking about people being uh, resi resistant to change. And at the moment, everything is up in the air. So it's like, it must be the most uncertain time for people who don't like uncertainty and change. Yes. So um, just for, for the listeners and people who aren't regular attendees at the Rail Innovation Group is what is Infinitive? So Infinitive, um, we're, we're an engineering and technology consultancy. We started out in the early days just mainly focusing on management and advisory services into the industry, focusing around technology, people and process and how best to adopt and amalgamate those three um, areas to start digital transformations within the organization. So we advise from sea level all the way down into sort of uh, management. We primarily focus our attention around the rolling stock and the maintenance function and the operation of the rolling stock. So we don't necessarily touch the customer aspect. Ultimately, we, we get involved with making sure that the assets are reliable, available, and are maintained to the best possible way. Um, we've, we've now broadened our, our reach into our own products. We've, we've now been developing um, our, our own product lines. Um, this is all part of the diversification that we've, we've been getting involved with and, and looking to spread across. So where we've been seeing weaknesses within the industry, we're now bringing that back into our own research and development, our own investment in our own innovation ourselves through product development. Right. Um, so that's kind of infinitive. We're, we're, we're engineering and technology um, experts within the transport vertical. Yeah, so that's quite an encouraging messaging. Is you've originally were just advisory, but now you've sort of done some innovation in-house to respond to the challenges. Can I ask you two questions? How's it been up until March? And then what's happened since March with the wider economy? I don't, I don't know why I laughed there because it's not funny really, is it? <laughs> well, we, we were, um, so we've, we've, we've seen growth in um, four figure percentage figures um, up until March. Um, so as I say, so we were really um, gaining some real good momentum with the messaging and the adoption of our services and the, and the real change to the industry. Um, March came along at first, it didn't really impact us really. And I think that was, there was a bit of a lag to the situation. Um, but then when all of the, the, the measures came in place for um, the lockdown and social distancing, that's really had an impact, not so much on, as I said, we, we, we focus on assets and the rolling stock itself, but it's, it's kind of affected the whole supply chain in that there's a lot of uh, hesitance and uncertainty around, do we pay for the parts? Do, how do we do that? Um, and, and so there's, so we have had contracts that, that have been pushed out to the right, spend commitments that we previously had that were kind of a, almost a guarantee. Uh, cancelled or, or pushed out to the right so actually things really did hit us um, quite significantly there but on the same token actually through the huge growth that we have had a 900 to a thousand percent growth between year two and year three actually what we've done is we've we've been empowered to actually look at that and look back internally look into the mirror and go can we can we sustain a growth 
trajectory like that without looking inwards and making sure that we're putting all the foundations and the procedures and the business support foundations in place. And, and the answer would, is, is no, we couldn't have sustained that without having to do significant backwards underpinning within the business. So we've taken this time actually to look internally within the business to bolster it. So when we do get out of this and we've got some form of direction and course and speed from where the industry's going with the emergency measures and the changes that that will bring, we are able to actually fly out of the fire um, in a much better position so we can actually then get back onto a, into a growth trajectory as we, as we previously were privileged enough to be on. Okay, Excellent. so that's interesting. Sorry, I think I'm speaking over you, Johanna, but it's interesting that you're taking this time to effectively have a platform for growth in future. Yeah. I think most of the conversations we have are with people developing products at the moment, whereas you're, you're embedding your business for growth at some point. Yeah, well, and we've, we've, we have invested in, in our talent. Um, for those products so we have developed our own products as well um on the last discussions that we had we were in the early stages of developing some of our sensor technology which we've continued um so as much as we're developing and maturing the business from startup to sme we have been working through all of the backlog of the opportunities to develop innovations to to solve some of the industry challenges that we see so we've we've invested we've you know we've not uh we've not let anyone go we've actually employed more people so we're really taking the opportunity to actually invest in what we believe in and and make sure that when we're coming out of covid and, and the uncertain times that we find ourselves in we are best position we're in pole position to to make the the next four or five plus years a huge success I guess um, some people might think that um, that's quite brave in in the times that we are because we are sort of like we are starting to see some bad news in in terms of employment and the economy and that. I mean, I, I think it's interesting that you are preparing yourself. I mean, do you I mean, do you think that your business is I mean, is would we say COVID secure and that? the products that you're investing in. I mean, like it would be interesting to hear some of the products that you are investing in and growing, you know, do, you know, help us, you know, grow the economy and also help the rail industry develop in, in some of, you know, particularly in some of those frustrations that you said that you had in terms of it being risk averse and not agile enough in responding to what future customer need is. Hmm. Well, it's, it's, it's ironic. I never, ever thought that the transport industry would ever be subject to the to the challenges that we're facing now. Um, I always thought it was going to be an industry that would be recession proof, but this is you know on, unprecedented on a on a global pandemic. So I don't think anyone ever saw this. So are we COVID secure? We're COVID secure from a from an operational perspective and and having and how our uh, employees and associates work in. So they're working in a very safe COVID secure manner in that regard. But from a from an economic perspective. Um, I don't think we are. I think I think that the whole industry is impacted. But what we've done as part of the diversification that we've done by looking in the mirror and looking at who we are and how we can actually look at what we were doing, what we started to identify was actually when we were going to uh, clients and offering our services in, in one way, 
there was a lot of things that we were that we weren't touching because we were we didn't have the capability or we didn't have the associated um, relationship. So we've now also, as part of this diversification, um, changed part of our approach, which is we're actually now starting to partner with some of the big people within the industry. So we're, we're, we've got the tools and capabilities. So we have mitigations in place so we can take as discussions and client requirements get understood we can we can be agile and nimble to be able to respond to the requirements at that point in time through either our own competencies or partnering with with the likes of uh, DXC technologies is one of our recent ones that we've we've partnered with and we've been working uh, doing some interesting work with with them um, we've also looking to partner with um, very, very good conversations with McLaren Applied Technologies and uh, Lenovo, among lots of others that are on the on the horizon that we're currently working through. So that's kind of carved out this ecosystem that we're looking at is that we've got a core competency and we're very specialist within the railway through technology and our subject matter expertise within the rail itself. But there are parts that we're not experts in and we've accepted that we've matured as a business where we don't have the necessary competency we, we're growing our network to make sure that we can accommodate those accordingly can i feel free not to answer this question but you mentioned about engaging with larger companies do you get the sense or have you got any feelers out for how larger companies feel about the are SMEs in the transport sector still investable at the minute? It's a really interesting question. Um, so the reason why we've actually, during the process of looking at ourselves in the mirror, this was on the back of some really disappointing losses that we had from some large scale tender projects. Um, and we looked at ourselves in the mirror and reflected upon why we why we lost these particular projects and i think it was because the industry with the buyers use the the term well we 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 support smes but it's kind of almost we support smes and we'll give smes small projects but big scary projects that investors might get a bit nervous about actually is a turnoff. So I think from a, a, an investability in an SME or a startup within rail, I think in order to survive, you do need to partner. You do need to partner and kind of de-risk parts of that supply chain. So when there are shareholders and investors that are looking at these big projects, multi-million pound projects, that on an SME that could go pop overnight, you're de-risking the supply chain. So having trusted partnerships where you've, you've you've worked at an ability to actually understand one another, you complement each other with your skill sets and, and you, you, you are actively going into something knowing the, the core competencies that you have between one another, I think is the key to being really a catalyst for innovation within the industry. I Because I, I, I think that's really interesting because I think in sort of in, in this conversation, you've raised two really important things there one is about the importance of collaboration you know um, in terms of how you've taken your work forward with some key strategic partnerships and then also secondly diversity 
because I think part of the reason you're know, coming back to that, you know, in terms of procurement and always procuring the same big businesses, you don't get that diversity of ideas or thought. I mean, like, what would in in terms of those ideas of collaboration and also diversity, what what advice would you be giving to? the rail industry and advisors and and people who are buying stuff in terms of how they could engage more with SMEs to get this? I would, I would say they need to be bold. They, they, if, if they've got a vision that they want to do something different, they need to be bold enough to actually follow through with their, with their vision. And that may be um, engaging with the startups and SMEs that have these grand ideas that that may not necessarily have been born from the industry, but they've been born from elsewhere. But except that, you know, without without being bold and doing something different, they're always going to get what they've got. Um, so they they need to be aware of that. And if they if they're fearful that there's going to be some form of failing, then don't be don't be a traditional big corporation that's going to put really hard um, commercial contracts on the table that the SME just simply can't adhere to is, is maybe be a little bit more flexible and agile with that approach. And if, if that's still not sufficient to satisfy their lords and masters and their shareholders and investors, then look at it, have open discussions and talk to them and maybe partner them with one of these previous companies or at least point them in a direction so that that SME can go and spark the the relationships and partnerships themselves because as a company we've matured and 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 during the, the the maturing of startup to SME initially you kind of start up this this protectionism around all oh, my idea is great but you know an idea with no traction and no no ability to penetrate a marketplace is just an idea and it will and it will just fizzle out and die so the, the the best ideas and the best big ideas are the ones that are shared in a way that you can then you know get that through into the marketplace but in order to do that there is there is kind of a maturity and we've gone through that journey we've, we've I, I think i think that's really in, an interesting um point that you that um you've raised there ben because i quite often like to Call, call it you know, um, the ugly baby because we get approached by a lot of startups and they have an idea that either is new to, to rail or um, or they're using it somewhere else could it work in rail and that but um, it's sometimes difficult as you've already mentioned to get these things into rail so what would your advice be um, for new businesses and startups about how they de- develop their idea into something that's sellable into rail I think it's 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 about the collaboration aspect. It's don't 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 be too protectionist around the idea. Collaborate with organisations that have a much wider reach than than you do. But whilst collaborating with these organisations, you've got to have that trust that you're not um, going to be um, impacted by by a commercial incentive from the other company you've got to you've got to get into a into a collaboration rather than just joining someone because they've they've got an an ulterior motive behind exploiting it from a commercial background so it's it's getting the confidence 
that actually these big companies, um, they need that injection of ideas. They need that expertise that they don't currently have because they've, they have, they would have already have done it if they have it. So it's partner and collaborate with, with companies that will be able to touch a much wider reaching network than you can on your own, utilize groups such as the Rail Innovation Group, utilize companies like Infinity Group where we might be able to help penetrate into, into the rolling stock um, market through through our networks. It's but it's 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 don't be protective, collaborate and and just get it out there because a a, a an idea is, is, is the total of the idea is 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 greater than the, the sum of the parts of it. And if it doesn't come off the ground, then it then it will just fizzle out and 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 die. And and that will be kind of not what the industry needs at the moment. The industry needs all of the great ideas to get through this this really challenging time. So um, that will be my advice. Really, is to is to not be too protective. Partner and collaborate with trusted. Uh, companies and um, and get it get it out there in in, in a wide-reaching manner. So Ben, right then, taking from that partner and collaborating and not being protective, what are these good ideas? I want to, <laughs> I want to hear them. What's the idea? Tell me, tell me the secrets. Well, the, 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 the interesting parts of 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 where we've come from from an organisation that we started as as a as a consultancy purely just selling our our advisory services. The ideas that we've brought back in-house into Infinitive through our own research and development function within the company, we've we've focused in and around challenges as we saw it, which is not cosmetic. It's lots of innovation that we've 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 seen within the industry is very cosmetic, it's very surface, um, and where we touch the, the the market in the space that we operate is. In and around the asset, which is you know open heart surgery, which is what we're trying to do, which is the fundamentals, is making sure that we deliver a available, reliable, and and maintainable railway that get the customers from A to B on time all the time, and um, rather than an app here and app there. So our products are really focused around improving um, reliability and availability and how, the, how assets are maintained. So the product lines in which we've developed, we've been developing our own edge computing technology where we've partnered with some of the big um, companies. I mentioned one earlier, Lenovo. Um, we could, as an SME could never reach out further than the likes of Lenovo or Dell, who we're also been in discussions with. Um, so that's, that's a part, that's an example of a partnership there. And as part of that product line, which is called Ramus, for us, um, we've also been developing our own data harvesting and control devices that um, we simply couldn't find on the open market. Anything that could touch all of the various different subsystems of trains and, and other assets in a way that wasn't going to drive huge cost into the, um, into the railway and being very limited with its capability and functionality. So we've gone away and developed our own uh, data harvesters and control devices, which is called a, a remote terminal. And, and that's been developed and really um, accelerated through the lockdown as we've been looking back in. That, so that's kind of our edge computing capability platform, Ramus. Um, we've also developed our own uh, advanced analytics and um, visualization platform called Artemis. That was on the 
back of a project that we did for London Underground, where we worked through their maintenance modernization program and understood how to exploit their assets, their train assets data in a way that could predict the health of those units so they could make timely informed decisions about, around how assets are performing. So, so we then uh, spun out our system um, called Artemis, the, the project in which we worked on was called Apollo. So Artemis is the, is the second sibling to, to Apollo. That's what, what, what brought that name. Um, and that's, that's a visualization, advanced analytics and machine learning artificial intelligence engine, which, which is being used within the industry through a number of TOCs and, and Roscoe's, um, predicting how assets are likely to fail, the vulnerability of the system's failures. And again, it's to get, make sure that the assets, the trains, when they're out in service, they're dependable. The passenger is then, uh, and, and customers, are actually paying to use the service when they get back to being able to use the service will get up to their destination on time and they can depend upon so and i think that's really important because the industry needs to get through this and and in in a way that you can convince people to use the service again if we can if we go back and we've got the the service to the levels that it was where there'll be train delays or um unsure whether or not your, your train's gonna break down and various other things, that's not gonna be conducive to people having confidence in getting back to traveling again. So it's really important that we focus on that reliability and availability of assets. And through our platform um, that we've developed, Artemist, um, we've been doing that and doing it very, very well. And we've got some very, very happy, pleased customers. Um, that sounds really exciting. Do you think they'll ever reach the Nirvana of being able to go where every train operator or, or yeah, infrastructure operator be able to predict where their failures are and actually prevent them happening so well, delays become a thing of the past one of the things that i challenge the team and i've got a team of absolutely talented people i'm very lucky that i've got some of the industry unicorns working for infinitive group that you know they just don't exist out there They're, um i challenge the team I, I i really believe that we should be as an industry there shouldn't be any service affecting failures happening in service we should we've got to accept that an engineering system will have failures but we should be aware of it we should be able to make informed decisions and we should be able to avoid it actually failing whilst you've got your customers traveling to wherever they want to go and that's really one of my challenges to the team is how do we as part of the supply chain of this get to that point where we have zero service affecting failures and that we can avoid those at a time and place where you've got the right resource in place, you've got the right parts and you've got the right competencies to do it whilst it's in downtime versus when it should be actually being utilised in an operational environment. So I do think we should be able to get there. We should be there now. We're not. If you look at the automotive industry, um, you know, they're, they're light years ahead of, of where we are. And, and so the technology is there to enable us to do so. So it goes back to that point, be bold be bold into the industry, let's challenge that status quo and let's get back to zero service effects and failures. Let's deliver the passengers that are paying a lot of money to travel on these when we can get back to traveling, the best possible service that we can provide them. Yeah. So can I ask a question about looking looking back a bit, probably lessons to the future, is do you, your products have 
products and services have been within the rail industry for the last few years. Do you think the people have got payback from that? Have you saved anyone money yet? Yes. Um, <laughs> the um, a number of the projects that we've we've worked on return huge um, returns on the, on their investment. Um, the, the the project in which we worked with London Underground um, saved them circa eighty million pounds over the course of five years. Um, so th there are huge huge opportunities, lots of low hanging fruits to do this. We've we've recently worked with. Um, a Roscoe and a train operating company, which I have to remain nameless because of tight NDAs in, in that regard. But we looked at um, some specific engine type failures that were causing them lots of um, penalties during the summer months. And some through our predictions, we were able to run back in time and, and we pulled out that we could have predicted 80% of these. That's now in use. And they're now starting to avoid those failures in service. So when when you get a train failure in service, it's not just costly on the on the fact that you've now got a disruption to your maintenance service. You've you've got uh, penalties that are applied to you on from Network Rail. You've got if you're if you're operating on a route where other train operating companies should be utilising that route, that's also going to be compounding the penalties in which you're occurring for that for those failures so all of those can be avoided and and save money so it's it's, it's a very very difficult business case and a very complicated business case and we worked with the our, our customers to to make sure that there is huge confidence all the way into the the finance directors that that you will get the payback it's not just the emperor's new clothes that we're trying to sell here it's actually genuine real avoidance of spend and savings and that and that's key is it's a difference and and, and and what also happens is part of this journey of um technology it impacts on the people and the processes so what happens whilst you then must start to mature that thinking what happens is the the split of roles and responsibilities changes. So at the moment, what the industry sees from a kind of a role in stock asset management type perspective is very peaky workloads because they're reactionary to, to failures and things that are happening rather than being able to smooth it and understand exactly what's going on. So resourcing profiles remain, remain largely the same, but the, the disciplines and roles change to more a, a proactive and predictive type of manner so that then delivers the the availability and service so revenue can go up for example customer satisfaction can go up and there's metrics that you'll know better than i do that you know that drives more more ticket sales pre-covid um, um so it's a very complicated business case but we've we've, we've had uh, documented um financial savings that have been pushed through um, and now is actually a good time to invest in this type of product, doesn't it? Whilst we're thinking about recovery, you know, this is the type of investment that we want to see in the reliability and the availability of assets within the railway. So, so we're coming to the end of our time. So I guess you know, sort of like talked a lot about your products and your know, collaboration and and relationship building and that. Yeah, and. I should imagine now is a very exciting time for you. So, so, so what are you looking forward to in, in the next coming months? 
yeah, it's, it is a really exciting time. Um, it's exciting and daunting, daunting all at the same time in that there is still uncertainty. We've, we've, we've approached that uncertainty through our challenge to the status quo and reinvesting back into the business. So I'm really excited about the, the talent that we have with Infinitive Group, growing our product lines and, and reaching that through our ecosystems and our uh, alliance partnerships that we, we've been cultivating through this, through this challenging time. I think once we get out of this in, 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 um, in some level of certainty of where the, the industry is going, we're, we're looking wider than, wider than this. So I'm really excited that as part of my challenge into the team is that we've been transport focused and mainly railway rail i see as kind of the arterial mechanism of transport but we're now looking wider than that into the likes of mobility as a service and the and the veins that come off this artery such as you know buses and light rail and autonomous vehicles and scooters we're starting to explore how we as infinitive could could maybe adapt to provide modal services through us through you know the, the collection of data and being able to work along those lines and then going out wider still we're, we're really excited about the opportunity that um, presents itself through smart cities and I, I see that as as an organization organically grown in this way starting from the center of sort of railway as the center point that then provides this ability to bloom out into mobility as a service in smart cities is where I want to take Infinity Group and I'm really excited about that journey. Blooming marvellous. Does so say overall you're feeling positive? Yeah, yeah, we, we are feeling positive. We're feeling, we are feeling anxious at the same time, but you know, we, we're controlling what we can control. Um, and, and the only way that we could do that is, like, as I say, invest back in on us, control what, how we can, how we come out of this in a, in, a, in a way that's conducive to success that's so, so yeah that's that we, I'm not I'm not all doom and gloom there is there obviously in the in the on the horizon you know uncertainty and but we're we're we're, we're confident that with the talent that we have within Infinity Group it's um it will be a, a, I think that's I think that's lovely I mean like, I think it's been great catching up with you today hearing about what you've been doing over the last few months but also just to hear just to hear some happy stories because I think we could all do with a bit of that so long may it continue and thank you for joining with us today um, well okay. that was very positive wasn't it I did I thought that I was really pleased with that so that was uh partner collaborate and got the other one. Oh, don't be protective don't be protective there was lots of positive stuff in their relationship building lots of good stuff yeah. right so right in the spirit of collaboration what have we got coming up with the rail innovation group we are doing a big piece into ticketing so we're going to be doing some research we're going to be doing some interviews um, and we're going to be holding a roundtable event to um, with some of our members which will include who's it going to include um liam special people as special yet. people special people <laughs> so special people who have an interest in ticketing and mobility of a as a service i think so that we can start to shape what 
innovative things we think should be done with fares and ticketing now that we've got this opportunity within rail industry so that's our big focus and that was and why why have we gone down that route from my memory because people suggested we did our micro meet absolutely that's exactly it so it wasn't something that we decided to do it was something that came out very positive in some of the work that we've been doing um throughout the last six months through this last survey we did through the actual micro meet that we were able to do in september and that and that was a direction that you our members and other people that are interested in thought that we should focus in on amongst other things so what are our other subject areas um so um, sustainability is something that we'll probably look at a bit later and what was the third topic i can't remember what the third topic was innovation innovation well of course innovation is always the top of our list <laughs> cool all right well speak to you next time then and enjoy your sunny day take care now bye, bye.